Hi, I'm Sandy Mackey. And I'm Al Curtis. And you are listening to Conversations with Ask the Pool Guy and Ask the Pool Girl. Hello, people. Hello, everybody. Friends and acquaintances, avid followers of the Conversations with the Ask the Pool Guy. And that's the Pool Girl team. Podcast, yeah. Mm-hmm. Welcome. Another beautiful day. Another conversation to have. I feel like you had something on your mind today. I did. We'll get into it. Let's ease into that. Okay. I think we should reflect first on the last few days, maybe the, the party yesterday that we held. Yes. And that will lead into specifically what I had on my mind. So. Okay. Well, this week, we hit a couple of milestones. We got water in a swimming pool, a liner and water. That was very exciting. We decided to have an open house at our Once Upon a Time pool, which is really funny because we had talked about doing it and then time just was going by so quickly that I almost forgot to ask the homeowners if we could hold it there. So we were all at Lazy River last weekend to celebrate homeowner Bud's birthday. And they were nice enough, Bud and Vera, to allow us to invite a few of our friends and legendary owners club members to come out and see the pool. So Kevin and Lori were at that pool and I had talked with each of them individually about having an open house at their pool this yesterday, Saturday, and they were both in the pool. So then I started talking about this open house event that we're throwing at their pool and they hadn't talked to each other after I had talked to them each individually. And the looks on their faces were priceless when I start talking about this thing out loud and they hadn't mentioned to the other one that they had each said, yeah, that would be fine. (laughs) So that was was kind of an endearing moment that I got to be a part of. So yeah, they were there most of the party. Well, we planned it from 10 to 1. We were going to invite drop-in style any of our friends, acquaintances that hadn't seen it yet, as well as have it be a time that people who haven't seen one of our projects in person but are inquiring about a swimming pool could come and take a look. So Kevin and Lori were there for the allotted time that we thought the open house was going to go for. Well, and then they left because of another commitment, and they're like, Yeah, stay, enjoy yourselves. And we did, (laughs) so we we stayed for quite a while. So glad they left Leonie in charge. (laughs) Leonie is their foreign exchange student from Germany who's what 15 years old, 16 years old. She's a great hostess. She uh stayed at the other end of the pool and (laughs) did whatever she had a friend over, and they stayed busy. It was really fun, that was really cool. Yeah, so a couple things happened there that I think are worth mentioning. But before we do that, let's go the week before to Saturday to Bud's party. Okay. It was really fascinating to me to watch several of our homeowners interacting that way. They were all swimming together. They all have their own unique projects and they all are very different. Mm -hmm. There's There's no comparison to any one of them. They're all very different, all in our style. And here they are swimming together yeah. and sort of playing. I thought that that was, uh, yeah. that was a bit humbling and eye-opening to me. 
But another thing that came up with that was way back, pre you involved in the pool company, we had talked about how could we like get all get people together. And we were going to do like pool school slash whatever at the office when we had the place in Farmington. And then that didn't make a whole lot of sense because most of these people would be fairly seasoned with their pool. But we wanted to create a bit of that community. But I always had a fear. Not so much anymore. But at that time, we were a more of a volume builder. So we we're building a lot of projects, a lot of things. And there's always this concern of, and I'm going to bet that most pool company owners would have this fear, is that what happens when one starts talking to the other one about something that's not right or something that's not working or something. There was this really weird sense of, uh, you know, it gave the opportunity. We were, I was able to isolate them all so they're all separate. They didn't know what's supposed to be right or wrong. When, I mean, it's not like we were making blatant errors and, and unsafe things, but there was a sense of if they got together, they could almost commiserate. You know, sometimes it takes too long. It takes a long time. Sometimes we had really bad weather. Some, and especially as a volume guy, when you're, you have to start them as fast as you can, no matter if you're finishing them or not. And so there was this hesitation, I mean, with that. And that, that kind of put the brakes on that I didn't want people. This is, and this is kind of where I come from to where I am. A very drastic place where as much as I wanted to build community around what we did, I had all kinds of fears around our business practices of, uh, you know, isolating, well, keeping people separate. Like, ability. but my project only took two weeks. Why yeah. did yours take a month and a half? Well, I have this. Well, what, you know, and so it was all of that. Yeah. And and there, so there was apprehension, and I didn't know I certainly didn't have the skills to handle it at the time. Mm -hmm. But I thought that was really interesting then to sit here and see, witness these people enjoying each other's projects and talking in languages like they're they're proud of each other and yeah. not just, well, mine is better than yours or there's a, like there's no ego there. It was really kind of a cool. Yeah, they love they all love seeing what we're up to now after their project has been built they're always intrigued with what we can do and they're invested in our team and our well-being not just that we're a company that mm -hmm. sticks around but you know like karen how's karen doing is they she is she questions. back to normal after mm -hmm. her surgery like last time i saw her she was you know it looked like she was having a little trouble walking and so they care mm -hmm. and the other interesting thing is your fear from before, because we're, we're different. We don't sell pools anymore. No. We share this experience with these homeowners. Everybody that was at Lazy River could have brought up something that's on the to-do list at each of their projects, because each project continues as, it, as the pool ages. They age things. well. However, there's always these things that crop up and sometimes it's mm -hmm. easier to get to than others. And, you know, so they each have something they're kind of waiting for us to come back for, but it's not waiting in terms of a complaint or, or grumbling because or they're looking mm -hmm. forward to seeing us out at their mm -hmm. house and they love and care about us and they know that we love and care about them. And like the ones that we're currently building, you know, there's no rush. You don't have to be finished with everything. Mm -hmm. 
on a certain timetable because we just we want to see what happens. Let's go ahead and figure out how to put that barbie puppy outside. Okay, let's, let's take a pause. Okay. All right, back to where I was. So, so back, so back to where you were. Everybody loves us, and they are invested in us. They in want, us. they mm -hmm. want us to be successful. We want their pools to be amazing, but more than the pool being amazing, we want them to be having a good time. An amazing experience with their pool. Mm -hmm. So, which which goes back to where I originally started with that about having trying to build the club. The one thing that we did do. Again, I don't know if I've ever told you this story, but as part of that process of how could we do that, let's let's let them understand they're a little bit exclusive to us because we built for them and and we did permanent laminated discount cards. So if they came into our store, they were it was an automatic 10, 12, 15%, whatever it was. And we had their names on them and they were laminated. And this is like your permanent discard card discount card when you come to the store. So that was that early, those early attempts to build the tribe. But my challenge with the tribe was my own insecurities and fears about the stuff that the people today, there are things that have to be done or rebuilt and years later, things break and have to be fixed. And, and it's not like we build something they can just hire anyone to fix. It's usually, it's not pool equipment. It's usually all the other cool and fun things that we do around the pool. So at that time, for sure, I, I had this apprehension around getting people together. Uh, it was a very different level of client. It was a very different process and a very different way of being. But this was just magical. I mean, we've had each of our clients come to other pools and stuff. That, that was not unique and new. Much like the open house when we did the last time at Once Upon a Time. Okay. Distraction number two, out of the way. But that's okay, who cares? Uh, anyway, so I, it was amazing. And again, it wasn't that it's new that we've had people come to our things because when we did the open house or the reveal for Once Upon a Time, we had a different group, which was really interesting, a different group of our, oh, of our legendary guy, owners. Yeah. yeah, so that was really kind of cool as well. Mm -hmm. But it is... It's vulnerable for me as well. As, as you well know, I take things really personally and, and seeing them all together while I love it, it's, there's those times where I'm, you know, just wondering, like, what are they thinking? Because again, they're in this, now it's what's become a fairly exclusive club yeah. and they've we paid us an awful lot of money to do stuff. It's, yeah, yeah. And uh, so pretty rewarding to be able to see that and to witness these, these really amazing people all being yeah and, and awesome uh, awesome and sharing and people and with each other and, and inviting each other over yes and, and you know the kids are at here school could we bring them over to see it you bet and then even so bud didn't make it to the once upon a time launch party but he was able to stop in yesterday at the open house because he wanted to see how it how mm -hmm. it had turned out because he saw it during the process and he drove 45 minutes one way to do it it's and not like it was around the corner he said you guys can have a party at our place anytime, anytime. Mm -hmm. which that's awesome because it's a really cool group of people everybody that would 
everybody that we hang out with would go out of their way to help. Mm -hmm. Just say what you need and everybody is helpful mm -hmm. and genuinely caring about one another. You get to talk about things that aren't the color of the drapes. That matter, you know? yeah. You get to talk about things that matter and moments that matter and that's just, that's a magical. Well, we've had that, uh, we've had that conversation many times, I think, on here regarding wanting it to be an experience and that we each grow as human beings and let's, let's help each other grow as human beings and getting people together like that helps us grow. And then they are also, we're all sort of growing in life together. Yeah. And I think that's really important and really cool. Well, so that's buds and you know once upon a time then is the following weekend well actually there's it first we did once upon a time launch party right which bud and vera missed their lazy river then lazy river but had but had hit birthday party so we invited ourselves and some of our friends yeah and then yesterday we went back to once upon a time and just we're doing this open house for the rest of our friends that hadn't been able to get there and then also for any clients that might want to come and see it well at the once upon a time launch I was talking with Kevin and Kevin had met the a couple of the other legendary families that had come to that and he said like we should just do you know like a legendary tour and stop at a bunch of these different pools and I had said yeah each one is so different and it's interesting because we use the same materials we use bluestone, we use this patio, we use liners, yet everyone has such a different look, feel, flavor, environment, and there's different things to focus on on each one. And Kevin said, yeah, like everybody that he's encountered is just so proud of their experience, their pool that reflects what they were looking for. Mm -hmm and how they really do want to share it with each other in a genuine like come feel what it feels like to be in my yard not you know compare me with anything but i would just like to invite you to come and experience and, what and, i'm thankful for experiencing and that gets to that club mentality as well it's not like, ooh, I'll stay here till you come over and see mine, and yeah. then you'll go on to see someone else's. Yeah. It's as much about, well, I wanna see all the others as much as I want you to see mine. Yeah. It's a very different feeling and a different experience. And we even talked, uh, Kevin's friend showed up there yesterday, and he was talking about, well, it's almost like a pub crawl and you have a drink here and have whatever. And I said, you know, we've talked about doing a party bus. Oh, I need to have a ticket to that. I better get invited <laughs> or whatever. And so it's that idea that let's celebrate all of this. And the common thread is us and they love us and we love them. Mm -hmm. They're getting to know each other, but the common thread is they care about who we are. Yeah. We're talking swimming pools. We're talking about a business. Yeah. We're talking about doing business to make money, to have a life and whatever. And yet our life is this. And we're talking about we're the center, from seven, seven, eight years, eight ago, years, eight years ago, ago, six years ago, five years ago, four yeah. years ago, three years ago. Yeah. Like you know, it, it's, it is that whole spectrum. When yeah. you look at it, there are people from every one of those years involved in this group. We even invited someone that you built a pool for 20 plus years ago that was thinking about building a new pool. 
And I know that they don't want the scope of what we do, but no. I thought it would be cool invite them to anyway invite to see. them to come out mm -hmm. and see it. So that would have also been really interesting. Mm -hmm. Well, and I think that's, it, it opens up the door to a whole nother, and we talk about this a lot, a whole nother way of doing business. Have you paid attention to how they introduce themselves to each other or the, how yes. I introduce if I'm, so Kevin, who lives here at once upon a time, meet tiki's and palm trees or meet yeah, they, minor they falls. use they use the name of their they their use project the name of their project mm -hmm. or this is the steampunk moose or mm -hmm. like that or this is, is just lazy river so cute mm -hmm. like so so awesome and as random as it seems i know that when we were when we've been talking about the growth of our company i very much remember you and i having a conversation about you know, each pool takes on its own flavor. How do we explain theming? And then we started naming them. And then the names translate into this, you're part of this legendary owners club. And then that translates into, that's almost how you introduce yourself to each other. And that was very, it's very conscious and very random because the names choose themselves. It's not like we name it and then we build it. We often have to pull it out. It comes out of the of building of it. The name shows up. Information on what yeah. it is, yeah. Well, another thing that was really interesting yesterday was when Bud was there. Now, Bud has Sandy. Sandy mentioned that the two projects, Once Upon a Time and Lazy River, are the bookends of sort of the pinnacle of what we've done. One with really macro detail in terms of size and scope, one with really micro de detail. Mm -hmm. Bud's pool is the macro detail. It's a much larger space that we had to fill with awesomeness. Mm -hmm. And he had mentioned that when he was first at Once Upon a Time while we were building it, it seemed bigger. Because mm -hmm. he, had no, he had no perspective until his yard yeah. started developing. Yeah. But what he did say to me, which I found to be truly amazing... He said, pictures don't do this justice. He said, you really have to be here to see this. Now, this is a guy who looks at his yard every day, which is massively, expansively cool. Yeah. And With yet so, many, fun so many, so many fun details. And yet he's recognizing that even the pictures that he's witnessed online, because our people pay attention to what we're doing, but he he was saying that, you, you can't, I, I couldn't fathom, you can't fathom this, that you can't get it in a picture. Right. And I thought, wow, that was really cool because everybody's going to say that about his pool for, project from here to the end of time. Yeah. Is that you can't, there's no picture from any one angle that gives mm -hmm. you any sense of what any one of these projects is. Yeah. It's part of this immersion. You, you have to be you in have it. To be there. He even said that, you know what else he said too, then we went down to the lower level and, and there's the wall and the, you know, the elephant spitting water and water's coming over the, over the spillway and all the water's coming down. And he said, he, he couldn't quite put it into words, but he was trying to say, he, he got it, but, but he said, there's, there's a feel, there's a feel about it. And, you you'd have to be here to get that feel or something mm -hmm. and he was using the it's the immersion experience what he was 
what he, he was, was saying was he was trying to put a words his feelings, his feelings. Mm-hmm. Yeah. that when you're immersed in it and now there's this thing above you and it's and it's it's tall i mean it's there's a lot going on there you're not yeah. you're you're looking up at everything because of the size yeah. of the, that drop elevation i sat on one of the thrones yesterday for you the did. first time i did yeah normally when you're going down the slide you're like in and, in and out, out. And, and i had just gotten in the lower pool and i went and i'm like I'm sit on a throne see what this feels like you have to feel it. Yeah. You just have you to. You kind of have to go go ahead and do it. And there's yeah. a lot of those little things. So then, uh, let's talk Bud again. Friday, we were there shooting his slide from the upper, above the, of, so the slide starts above the cave that the river flows through. How many feet long is the slide? Um, I'm going to have to measure it to find out the You're final. You're going to have to make I, sure I know. it's longer than any that viewers oh, have seen on TV. We pretty much have that figured out, yes. That, yeah. But anyway, we were there shooting it, and Bud and I were chatting afterwards, and, and he made a comment that, uh, you know, he's continually seeing things that he didn't see mm. before. And he mentioned he mentioned the fish. That you know the the fish paintings Sandy had done a bunch of these really cool fish paintings that we mounted on the walls and stuff and when they first go up you, you know you, I guess you're just not thinking about it but at least he wasn't but then the more he looked and the more he kind of relaxed into it how it all makes sense and he talked about how it makes sense and how he continues to see things and I said well that's that's our intent is to hide those little Easter eggs that you'll eventually see. Mm-hmm. And we don't want you to find them all right now. We want you to be able to over time go, where did that come from? Where is yeah. this? And uh, that was really cool because it was witnessing out loud how we talk. Yeah. What he was saying was was the exact thing that he was, was happening to him. And we've talked about making sure that people have that experience all the time. That doesn't just happen willy-nilly. We've had to do that. We've had to orchestrate that. And, and sometimes it's organic. Sometimes it's very planned out. Yeah. And yet, it was, so that was, again, well, a really cool experience with that. And we'd really like to go into a yard when we're working, and we'd like to put things up. And if you see us put things up or not, that's okay. But then later, we want you to go like, how long has that been here? Or where did that come from? Mm-hmm. Or like maybe in the case of Once Upon a Time, some of those vignettes, like the vignettes have been there. They've ducked down. They've looked in them time and time again. And then as we either mention more of the motivation behind them or they actually get a clearer look, then they're like, how long has that been there? How long has the picture been on the side of the house that reflects in the mirror that, I mean, I'm not going to walk around and tell you about all those things. Mm -hmm. None of us are. You need to discover them. And then maybe if you discover it, then we'll mention more of Mm -hmm. the story behind it. I was, uh, Jen McClure was that there yesterday. I was, Jen McClure was there yesterday and I said, you know, you really should, because during the day, you know, they don't, those don't pop as much yeah. as they do at night because yeah. they're lit all very differently. I said, and so I was explaining that. I said, but you should really look closely. And there's some crazy amounts of cool detail. And I pointed out some of the things and I pointed about the piece of wood that came off their house that they, you know, and mm-hmm. stuff like that. And, and she was just kind of in awe that there was all these little things and there's literally little coffee cups that are because they, they own a, a coffee shop yeah, a chain. Yeah, coffee chain. And, and there's these little mugs that are literally smaller than the tip of my, they're my like pinky. They're centimeter yeah. tall. They're, they're teeny tiny little, yeah. and yet they have names on them. They have, and so it was all those little fine details that are things that people will discover for yeah. a long time. 
because you, unless you stare at one little box for the longest time, you, you'll miss a lot of that nuance yeah. that you made sure was in there. Well, when, when that came, when this project started, number one, we didn't know there would be boxes there. No. Number two, I didn't know that I would have anything to do with them. And then as we were talking about it and the need for these, I'm like, I can work on those. And I, at that point, thought I would just mock up a few help out things. and, mm -hmm. you know, give some ideas. And then it became clear I had been training for that mission it all took, of my it took life. A, it took out a life of its own, too, <laughs> it though. It really did. Well, and we yeah. didn't know. That was just a, an inspiration out of literally thin air that as we're, we had to block up these walls for the for the bar so that would work out right and then a wall over here and a retaining wall over here and as we're blocking them up it was just like this natural well geez what if we did like little scenery boxes you know shadow boxes mm -hmm. and so as we were building we started building these boxes and then mudding st the, the block around them so they just became literally a cinder block a space for cinder block yeah. with uh, with no anticipation of what they'd be other than my initial thought would be a bunch of little Disney characters or something and we just kind of pop them in there and they'd be really cool but then of course and they got framed in they got painted and then all these sign all these little sayings got painted and they became more real like what could these be and then you just sort of took over and I remember coming back to the office and there's all these you know everywhere sitting where these mocked up what if we oh, put the yeah. this this together and this together and this together and what it would size. look like and yeah. and then it just snowballed from there into and then figured out how could the lighting how do we add lighting to all of them how do we and, yeah to the and all the details where, of the family like and, in the in the every box is my favorite in the little mermaid box there's scenes from or fo family photos from a wedding with a miniature replica of the destination tree that was at their daughter's wedding and then in the Mary Poppins box, you can see Mary Poppins during the day, but then at night it's the coffee shop. The, and there's the inside of the coffee shop. There's family up. photos on, on the, the wall of the coffee shop, along with the logo of the coffee company on all the seats, and the original replicas of um, of Kevin's parents who founded the coffee shop experience um their mugs are in this storefront which you've so, got to spend a lot of time to see that so each vignette is about this long by about that tall picture cinder block eight inches like by 16 six inches. inches yep so it's about six or six or seven inches yeah. six inches tall by the time we built out the box by about 14 and or 16. and so now she's talking that and now picture a row of buildings inside there facades of buildings with mary poppins in front of it so now we have this much space yeah. inside this coffee shop, which is like literally my two hands width total of yeah. space. And in that is pictures of the oh, family, little coffee, little coffee mugs with the parents' names on them. And yeah, so we're not talking like building big things. We're talking microscopic. Oh, and the building has an awning, a custom built, built awning, awning with the logo of the mm -hmm, coffee shop The coffee shop on, shop on it. it. And in the background of one of the buildings is the um, the coffee shop on um, their walls at the actual coffee shop. So there's a replica of the the um, of the coffee words that they have at the coffee shops. So yeah, that that was really really fun mm -hmm. for me. I liked it. And there's 13. I think we figured out there's 13 total vignettes mm -hmm. there. Yeah. 
there's one inside the grotto, inside the cave. Mm -hmm. There's two on the outside of that building. And mm -hmm. then there's two on this wall, two on this wall, a whole bunch surrounding the bar. Yeah. So. Oh, yeah. I forget Nemo. Finding Nemo is, is the first one that we actually put together in mm -hmm. there. Mm -hmm. yeah, or second, first or second? First or you second. Did the main I, street, I had done the Main Street, Disney, Disney Main Street one. Yeah. 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 But I don't know that that one was really done either when when we did Nemo, but mm. because we were busy building the inside of the... Right. So inside the cave, talk about that Nemo, uh, finding Nemo, is we took a porthole, built a space, carved concrete all the way around it. So there's this space inside there with wire sticking in to put lighting in it. And you literally look through a porthole into this space in the wall and the poured right into the concrete. It's a scene of, of, of an underwater scene that of Nemo. That has like some black light. It's, you have to look very carefully because you're in the grotto and then it's dark and then there's black light and there's all these glow. Like Jamie, my niece Jamie is here from up, up north and she, they were in there and she thought the swizzle stick were the coolest things. They, they look like seaweed and that's yeah. what she's, they sort of glow in the dark because we used these miniature UV light, literally UV light diodes to kind of glow inside there. Mm -hmm. And it makes those swizzle sticks, I think is what yeah. you used, makes them sort of glow. And it's almost like uh, seaweed. That's yeah. kind of, it almost like looks like it's way waving in the water. Yeah. Cool scene. And she said she'd love that. You can find but, Nemo and a few of the characters if you take your time yeah. and look real carefully. Is there, uh, is there uh, a dwarf in there, maybe? There might even be a dwarf in that You know one. what? I think there is. I think for a time we had this, where's the dwarf in each vignette mm -hmm. idea. And we didn't carry that through to all of them. However, I, I think do that believe one, that you're right. I think right. that underwater yeah, one might have a dwarf in it. have a dwarf mm -hmm. underwater. Mm -hmm. So look for it. Make yeah, sure that one's a fun one. Mm -hmm. Anyway, so that's kind of getting back to this idea of how do we live life differently and how do we experience it with all these people that we've grown to really love and care about and, and yeah. that, that leads to they're people that i would want to hang out with in yeah. my spare time like well I, aside from a working relationship working for them or with them they're just genuinely cool people awesome cool people yeah. i was just telling someone yesterday i think it was yesterday that i was telling them at that event that you know i'm the the corny pool guy that uh make sure I tell people on that first appointment because we know that if I go on an appointment, they've already checked off most of the boxes of, of they're really cool people. But I tell people that if I can't fall in love with you, if I can't love you more today than I do or you tomorrow more than I do today, then I don't want to do business. And, and this is just sort of that physical proof of that is that you can love what you're doing and love who you're with and, and love the experience and let it grow and be something. And that's, what's really amazing about this and that, 99.999% of the pool company owners out there aren't going to get this. I get that. But you know what? There's a couple. Yeah. There's a couple out there that just need someone to say it's okay. It's okay to fall in love with your customer. It's okay to do things in a very different way. It's okay to care about what you do enough that it becomes your lifestyle, not your job. It's okay to immerse yourself into something that makes you happy every single day. It's okay. Because you know what? The world doesn't tell them that. The world tells them profit, bottom line, cut your cost, you know, beat your suppliers up for the best price that you can get, 
cut corners wherever you can safely. And it's, uh, you know. it's okay if you give them a price and then you decide you need to do something because the project needs it. It's okay just to do that and not do change orders and, and not, and not, not expect paid for it. to figure out the price to the penny. Mm -hmm. It's just mm -hmm. uh, a yummier way of living. When you get into the world of, of giving and sharing an experience, instead of selling a pool, you made the comment earlier that we don't sell pools. No, but what we do is we intentionally create an experience for the homeowner to have. And when you start living that way, you don't, you don't do everything based on dollars. Granted, it's business and you have to watch your, your, your dollars here and there for sure. Mm -hmm. But if that's your only focus, then you're going to miss the, the, the most delicious it. part of what we do, which is creating happiness and good times and you know, even Kevin yesterday saying, oh, uh, you know, I got this chess, outdoor chess set and, you know, could we paint it on the, and I'm like, Karen, come here, I got a job for you. Yeah. You know, let's saw cut the shape and put it in there oh instead goodness. of going, yeah. well, it's going to take me, you know, seven hours and I 33 minutes. I love outdoor and, chess sets. Yeah. That's so exciting. But, you know, but again, there's that, that idea though, instead of going, oh, well, yeah, it's going to take me. Kevin, sure, I can do it, but man, it's going to be like, you know, four hours of time yeah. and it's going to be, you know, whatever. You just don't even, it's like, we great idea. Yeah. Let's just do this. Let's, do it. Let's invest in you and do it and not go, well, we got to add this to the contract. Mm -hmm. We got to add this to the bottom line. And um, well, there, there's and a freedom in that. So there's also the growth that comes with that. So the threshold of qualifying for a legendary project, that's, that's one of the things, you know, people that are trying to grasp it and understand it could say, okay, so tell me like, what's, what's really different here? And well, you're still getting a pool and it's still amazing, but there's this intangible part and that's what's different. And some people that are so anchored in reality may not understand that. And that is okay because that's just an indicator that there's someone else perfect for them. Mm -hmm. But that's the engagement that's to play in our sandbox. That's, for us to be able to work with you, we've established what it takes to qualify to be there. And then once once you've agreed to that, the rest of well, it just... And, and that's what's really interesting. Fills, yeah. fills itself in. There's, there's, a poor, uh, there's a point where it's a financial investment and can you meet that? And that's that really is the small part. Yeah. Because... Just because you have the money to do this doesn't mean we want to do it for you. Right. You have to qualify in way cooler ways than having enough money to do it. Yeah. You have to be cool people. You have to want something very different. If you want custom plastic, which is what we talk about, the mass majority of custom swimming pools today, much like custom homes, are very off-the-shelf custom plastic. They just are acceptable and they're fine, but they're not spectacular. There are some exceptions, but usually it's the untrained eye would say, oh, that's beautiful, that's perfect. But the trained eye that knows what we're talking about, well, it would be very different for them. And it's less about the eye, it's more about the feeling. Uh, sure, because the heart. you You're can right. walk in somewhere and it can be beautiful and it can feel hollow and empty, yet visually beautiful mm -hmm. or you can walk in somewhere and it's visually beautiful and you feel I think that's maybe what Bud was trying to put into words 
pictures don't do it justice because I can look at pictures and they're pretty, but the feeling, and that is the most amazing part, I think, for people visiting each other's legendary pools, mm -hmm. is each pool has that space that you walk into and it feels that good. And I know it feels that good because I love going into you the yards and I feel that feeling at different vantage points and at our pools too with the elevations and how there's there's something interesting to look at and feel and experience at every position around the pool. Well, that's that goes to composition. Yeah. So there's a composition element that pleases your eye. But I think where Bud was going with that, and this is something we don't often talk about, is if you look at the human being and you look at the spirit of the human being and we talk about auras, and we all have this, we all have this field around us that really it extends past our physical and it's mm -hmm. part of our sensory perception. And that's what's being activated. Yeah. So it's not that you're just looking at something going, wow, that's really beautiful. But think about when you walk into a, into a, a room with a really low ceiling. If it was pitch black and you didn't know the ceiling was low, you would still feel that the ceiling is low. Mm -hmm. There's something else. So when you have these things that are growing, they're, they're like the elevations and things, you get a feel with that. Or you go inside the bar and the bar is designed so that the ceiling feels a certain way. You feel that. You don't have to look at it and go, oh yeah, this makes me feel a certain way. You just automatically, it like it wraps its arms around you somehow. And, and we don't talk about that because in design, how do you put that into words? And in meeting with a client and explaining exactly the theming idea and what you're going to do, those are, those are things that we have not to this point been able to describe in words. Yeah. But we can take people on an adventure and they will feel it. Well, we know that we can get people to feel that. And that's what Bud was feeling that day. No, keep going. No, no. I mean, it's it just, it's a, it's this whole additional sensory part that but we can't say sight, smell, sound. You know, there's, there's just something else there that's pretty hard to describe, but it's like an extension of ourselves feeling the world around us. And that's what I think Bud was mm -hmm. feeling that day. Well, and it's really interesting too. We can't tell you ahead of time what you're getting because as Lori puts it, like sometimes it's a, a surprise to us as well. So I know Bud was at the Once Upon a Time Outdoor Kitchen, which when we sold the project and budgeted for this outdoor kitchen, like there was no plan of what the outdoor kitchen would become. And Bud and Vera have this outdoor kitchen space and they don't know what it will be. And surprise, we don't. You might have some ideas at this point. I have no idea what I'm it will be. I'm pretty close to understanding what it'll be, but okay. it will it will definitely they be. They kind of they develop themselves they to match the environment that they're in. Mm -hmm. And that well, that too, I think. I've been putting together a lot of the footage from Lazy River. And when you had first got out there, it was a field. And when you started measuring and laying out the pool day one, the day that you take the tape measures out there. There was literally a basement foundation and a field and a pond. And somehow I know you had built the pool thousands of times in your head before ever getting to that point. So you may have had some idea about this kitchen a long, long time ago. I'm sure you did. Not many of us probably on this planet could do that. 
could look at this field and develop it with such clarity mentally before ever taking out a tape measure to figure it out. Well, I think that that probably goes to experience. You know, it goes no, to... Well, it's more I mean, than it, that. It, it's probably that, but, but there's... You could find someone with the experience that still can't see that. Maybe. I, I don't know. I know that I, I talk all the time about how I build from four feet underground and build up to try to create something. And maybe that's just the way my mind works. Uh, that one, that, I, I will tell you, that you one pushed me. Call it a super secret superhero. It, it could be. It could be the super sauce, the, okay. the secret sauce. Yeah. Uh, that absolutely challenged me because I had no frame of reference of anything anywhere, other than now there's a foundation, and we were out there before they actually put the floor of the basement in, and so elevation was kind of this, kind of that. And I remember marking on the foundation wall, this is what the elevation has got to match to the pool. But the pool needs to be farther away from the house than it made sense to originally because of this distance to the pond. And because it was all in theory when we started. Well, the pond's going to be over there. Yeah. The pool's going to be over The house's going to be over here. And really, had I been able to do all of it myself, the house would have been closer to the pond. So we could have made the pool a little bit more intimate. Mm -hmm. But like I told you, I said, I had to push the pool farther away from the house for it to make sense with respect to this negative edge over the over the lazy river that to, to look into the pond and all those things had to be in a, taken into account. But then what, what happens when you push it 25 feet, 20 feet farther from the house? What do you do in between? Well, the only natural thing was to fill it in with patio. So that's what we did. And instead of going, well, nickels and dimes and this is and that's, you know, the numbers kind of get astronomical in terms of what the overages could be, what the cost could be. But the beauty and, and why we built the way we build is that we're not paying subcontractors to do the work. If we were paying for every square foot of concrete via a subcontractor, We'd been $30,000 over budget just in the concrete, just to make this so it worked properly. Mm -hmm. But because we pour our own patios and we do all that work ourselves, it was a material cost and some labor, yes, but it was nowhere near that $30,000. But that's what makes sense to make this all work together so that the composition is right. Otherwise, you can almost picture we would have had to squeeze all of that into a tighter space. If I had done that and, and I had gone with the, the proper dimension from the house to the pool and I'd put it there, then we'd have this huge no man's land, which would be nothing but a slope to the, the beach that would eventually be there. And so I kind of had to play that part in terms of I need to push it away because I need to make take up some of the space because it needs to all make sense right down to the river, not down to the lake. If I don't, we're going to have a whole bunch of, well, that's kind of weird space, which we kind of ended up with an awkward, weird space for a period of time there when uh, at the same time we were building, they're building the house, we're building the pool, they have the cabin, the secondary cabin built. And because it was up so high in the air, they decided to put a basement in it. And for whatever reason, it came up three or four feet higher out of the ground than I would have even imagined it would be. And all of a sudden, here's this thing towering above all of it and I drove up every day going, oh, while it's a beautiful structure, yeah. 
it's tearing me apart because I don't know how to make this make sense. And that's when I stacked up the boats along there and created this, this artificial separation between the pool and that, and, and we really needed it because otherwise it would have felt like no man's land. It would have been the pool and the patio and all this no man's land space to this huge structure that went up. But because we have these boats vertically and they're, you know, they're 10 feet in the air. I mean, they're 14, 15 foot boats that I buried in the ground and we concreted in the ground. Mm -hmm. But that separation made that pool space really intimate and it made that monstrous tall space make sense. Yeah. Without that, it would have felt it would have felt like no man's land in there. And I do know that when we first did it, I think they were kind of like Bud even made a comment to me like, mm, didn't like my 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 log cabin or something. Love your log cabin. I don't like what your log cabin does to dwarf my space that I'm working with. Mm. Love the log cabin. Take that log cabin, put it anywhere in the world. I'd buy it every day long and love it. In that case, I had to come up with a creative solution because there's nothing I could do. It's now there. I need to create some space. And I'll tell you, it's picturesque and perfect it's now. Magical. When No matter what angle, now you have this backdrop of this beautiful building yeah. that's broken up by this, this series of boats and walls and stuff. And you get to walk and it's through all there. a boat as a doorway. And you walk through a boat yep, to, to get to cabin. that. And so now you have so this visual spot from there. Space. It, it it made that space make total sense. Yeah. But I'll tell you, when that, the building first went in, it hurt me in my soul. Like, how am I going to make this make sense? Because it felt like it was just dwarfing everything. And all it needed was something to make the space make sense. Yeah. And once we put those in, and I, and I do know that they must have been going like, oh boy, at first. Of course, they love it now. Yeah. I, I do believe. Some things uh, take a little bit. It, it, it does take a little bit, but when you look at that space now, that's a magical backdrop. That log cabin became a magical backdrop. Uh, before that, before we identified space, it didn't. Well, and that's what it takes to be a legendary homeowner too. It takes understanding that you'll have a general idea and it takes understanding that you won't understand a lot of things and having the faith and trust in our team to do things that make sense, even if they don't at first make sense to you, knowing that eventually it will. And I know that you often have conversations with homeowners after the fact or something's gone in and like they have a realization and it dawns on them that you or the team very strategically did something and then they come to realize why. And they're often in awe going, how did you how did you know that how did you see that coming how did you anticipate that and i know that those are always interesting reflections and interesting points when we get to have that happen well I, and i think that's that's living from a place of feeling things versus logically working your way through things there's time for logic there's absolutely time for logic but then there's time for feeling your way through something and if you live in that world where you can you can muster that part of you and live through the feeling part, it's magical what comes out. Mm -hmm. It's magical what you can find, what each of us finds in ourselves every day in something new, whether it's the artist in you that just 
one day wakes up and you become this massively cool artist that can paint anything and make anything look cool. She's always, example here is, she's always had a great design idea with quirkiness and, and things always look really good, no matter what you've ever decorated, always look good. Mm -hmm. But one day she decided, she woke up and she started painting. And her painting wasn't, well, I'm gonna methodically learn how to this and that. Instead it was painting everything and anything and all things and, and all mediums of paint and all whatever mm -hmm. and play with it and, and her stuff is magical. And that's a lot of those pieces that we're now putting in projects and stuff yeah. that are uh, that people are going, wow, this is awesome. Yeah. But that's being in touch with that part, and you Sorry couldn't logically. If I didn't know how to paint when we built that's your right. pool, but she I probably do now. knew, but she wasn't connected to it. But now yeah. she knows. Yeah. yeah. That's fun. Yeah, it's fun. All right. Well, any other thoughts? that we'd want to wrap this up with. I, I, I really think that uh, uh, we're in a really special and unique place that I, that I think that we could train people to find if they were willing to find it. Mm. And I think that there's people out there that really want this part of life and not the business part of life that the most pool company owners, the, the people that were in the same position I was back when I was making head decisions about mm. can I get people together versus heart decisions. Yeah. I was making head decisions because what if they start talking? What if they find out this? You know, those are the things in my head was what if what if they start talking about those things, which today well, is insignificant. But I'm making heart decisions today, not head decisions. I think more companies and more people will be looking for this, especially with In what today's 2020 day and age. Mm -hmm. has done to reset our value systems, how we make choices, how homeowners make choices. I think there is a lot of room for people who may have woken up and said, what am I doing with my life? Like, not that we haven't woken up and said, what are we doing with our lives? It's a, a different do way that to tomorrow. approach you it, never know. It's a different way. Yeah. yeah. And I think there's probably a massively cool amount of people that want crazy fun stuff. They just don't know where to get it because yeah. most pool people, and, and this could be any industry, but we're talking specifically pools. Most pool people are too afraid to get out of the normal. Get out of the normal and just try cool stuff. Mm -hmm. And Well, we were talking about that today, too. I'm working on some lights for a couple of our projects, including Lazy River, Road to Hannah. And the rustic retreat, wilderness retreat. I'm not quite sure what the short title of that one is yet. So I'm working on some lights. And we could take light fixtures, like the, the ones that are lower to the ground. We could take them out of the box. We could put them together. And we can put them on pools. And that would be so sad. It'd be custom plastic. It would be. So instead, mm -hmm. we take them out of the boxes. Brand um, new. Brand new. Mess nick, with them. Nick them up. Bump them around in the barn for a while. Paint them. And then they fit perfectly. And there's a different relationship with them. Because you don't expect it to come out of the box being pristine and perfect. Some of the lanterns that I finally figured out the color scheme for the wilderness, it's got a base color and then it's got this overlay color and that works great because these are reclaimed barn lanterns and not any one part of it has to be perfect because if you see something that's a little off, you just spritz a little of this here, spritz a little of that there and it feels perfect in its imperfection. Well, that, that uh, 
again, another conversation to have, and we've probably had it many times, but when someone buys something new out of the box, they expect a certain level of, at least mentally of, well, it should be pristine and it should be perfect. It should be as something as that. And yet what people do not understand is what most of the time, what makes people feel something in an environment is not the new and the crisp and the perfect. It's the aged and the thing that has experience, it has energy with it. It has something like oh, it's been through life, mean like, like a wall. Everybody's favorite wall in, in the, the whole entire steampunk cool we have. headquarters yes. is this wall. So you don't create that wall overnight. That's created over 100 years. 120 years of plaster being on it, then plaster falling off of it, and, and yeah. freezing and thawing in the outside and causing deterioration. And yet, we live in a society in general that thinks that new out of the box is better. Now, you could say from a quality quality standpoint, maybe it's better, maybe. But from a feeling standpoint, it certainly isn't. Maybe Rarely something isn't. older that was built. We know a lot of older stuff was built a whole lot better. That has a bunch of dents in it. Maybe mm -hmm. that's better. Well, and it, it goes to that old Irish pub. Someone, we were building a pool, and then they were doing this Irish pub in their basement. Oh, yeah. And the builder knew the right way to do it, but he wouldn't do it that way. Because he couldn't imagine putting this fortune of wood onto the walls, and then taking a hammer and chairs and banging into it and, and, and beating up to make it feel a certain way. So he mm. built it pristine. Mm. And I know that that's not what that pub feeling that the homeowner yeah. wanted was he yeah. thought it was really what he wanted was how think about what an authentic would pub would feel. feel and it would feel like the walls have been scratched and bent and worn and the chairs would be rubbed raw and right here forever. and smooth around the corners and uh yeah. you know from hundreds of thousands of butts sitting in that chair and holding those hands and yeah. that takes time and you know what over a thousand people sitting in a chair You'll wear out the edges and you'll soften it, and that's what mm -hmm. the feeling is. Yeah. And and same I, thing for walls. All of it. Yeah. That did not happen. We didn't do that. All we did was we painted the blue yeah. on this plaster that stayed on this wall. That is not manufactured. That's a hundred and twenty years of old. life happening. This place, that wall was built in eighteen eighty three. So we're talking almost 140 years mm, yeah. ago. Oh my goodness. And so yeah. that wall looks like that, like it does today. Yeah. And this plaster was put on 140 years ago. That's perfect. And that's why it looks like it does. I couldn't, I couldn't recreate, I can recreate a look-ish yeah. like that from I scratch, but you can't just create that oh, wall. Oh, if these walls could talk. No doubt about it. Amazing, the stories that these walls could tell. And that goes to environment, and that goes to feeling, and that goes to using, repurposing stuff. If the stuff we we use to repurpose could tell us stories about where it was and what it was, it'd be amazing. Yeah. But if we put it into a project, it can tell its own new story, and that's yeah. what we're all about. All right, so. well, thanks for hanging out with us for this story. And we will, we will see you next time. We will have some more experiences between now and next time we do one of these. And then we will talk yeah, again. Catch out with you again.